You're listening to Intel Chip Chat, and I'm your host, Marcus Yam. We've been radio silent for a while, and there's a good reason for that. I've been on parental leave looking after a new addition to our family. Things at Intel, of course, continue at a torrid pace. If you haven't heard about our video series called Talking Tech, it's on the Intel Technology YouTube channel. I have some great conversations with experts at Intel about new technology. And this chip chat will be an audio-only replay of select Talking Tech episodes. Talking Tech was created with some visual elements in mind, but if podcasts are your preferred way to consume this content, this is still a great way to follow Intel technology. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to Talking Tech. I'm your host, Marcus Yam, and today we're here to talk about what's new with Intel Evo. Since its launch in 2020 with Tiger Lake, Intel Evo has evolved from one generation to the next. And with 13th gen Raptor Lake on the horizon, there's even more on what goes into making a premium laptop experience. Joining me today to talk more about Intel Evo is Josh Newman, VP and GM of Client Product Marketing. Josh, thanks for joining me. Hey, Marcus. Excited to be here. Thanks. So let's, let's take a quick recap. Intel Evo has been in the market for a few years now. What's the impact been on the industry um, and even just for consumers? Yeah, it's the impact has been uh, much better laptops, right, to put simply. Uh, when we started, the idea was we were going to have a multi-year journey with the industry to make every aspect of the laptop better, from every piece component that goes into the laptop to the way they're tested and the experiences are short at the end of the day. And most recently, we did some studies with consumers who purchased Intel Evo laptops and had them for three to six months, and we're finding the net promoter scores on the Evo laptops are almost double net promoter scores of similar, uh, similarly priced non-Evo laptops, which just means they're recommending them to friends and family members a lot more because they're really satisfied with the experience they're getting with those laptops. And that's what we set out to do with Evo to begin with. And, and um, are there any highlights along the way of progress, starting from like when it launched with Tiger Lake and then uh, 11th gen um, to Alder Lake? And of course, you know, we'll, we'll get to what's coming for 13th gen uh, soon, but any highlights along the way? Yeah, I think the big thing was, as we went from Tiger Lake to Alder Lake, we found the OEMs that we were working with, you know, a lot of this is based on co-engineering together with the open PC ecosystem. So it's Intel engineers working together with the OEM engineers, their original design manufacturers and the component, the, you know, the key component partners that they use. And what's happened as we've gone through multiple generations is everybody's more working just more closely together on bringing that overall experience. And where once we thought, hey, you can only get this much performance with this much battery life, we keep seeing that push up and you know, breaking through new boundaries of what can be done in that combination of great performance, great battery life, instant wake, beautiful thin form factor, really quiet fans. Like bringing all those things together, it just gets better and better each year because the whole industry is working together on it. So everything you've said is Intel Evo is additive from one generation to the next. So bringing us to um, 13th gen Raptor Lake, what's, what's new for Intel Evo for this upcoming generation? Yeah, that's right, it does. It, it builds every single year, and we intend to keep building it each year. Um, the big things that are new with the 13th gen are, first of all, the new 13th gen Intel Core processor. Right, incredible improvements in performance and power efficiency that every single Evo laptop will be built around and take advantage of that you know, great processor architecture and product line. Um, then it goes, we've been building, starting with the Alder Lake version, the 12th gen version, uh, intelligent collaboration into all Evo laptops. And what that was, it was an acknowledgement that one of the most important experiences that all laptops have to deliver flawlessly is video conferencing. Right, it's, it's since three years ago, it's become 
the key usage on the PC that people use their laptops for. Uh, so we put more and more energy into how can we raise that video conferencing experience? How can we make sure the cameras are better, the audio subsystems are better, and most importantly, the Wi-Fi, that you have confidence in your streaming capabilities. Um, and so for the 13th gen, we expanded that even further. Uh, the biggest thing we did was advancements in Wi-Fi and especially the Intel Connectivity Performance Suite 2.0. There's a couple things in there that are really cool. The most exciting one is if you happen to use the Intel 5G 5000 with the Intel Wi-Fi 6E, maybe you also have Ethernet on the system, now you have an advanced connection manager that can take advantage of all those links and give you even better bandwidth or even more reliable uh, streaming capability so that you know your video conference isn't going to drop at a key time no matter what else might be going on in the home or your office environment. Um, so that was a big one. You know, continue to advance that intelligent collaboration experience. Um, and then I'd say the other you know, really, really big thing we're doing, it comes from the user research we do. We needed to address a better way of doing phone to PC experiences because that's what we knew customers wanted, especially customers of Evo laptops. And so we're bringing on many of the 13th gen Intel Evo designs, the new Intel Unison multi-device experience. Very cool. Um, so going back to, let's start back at uh, intelligent collaboration. Um, in, in this new updated spec, I think there's, um, is, this is building on uh, the camera quality and um, other sort of like video conferencing features. So could you, could you go over those and what's new from them that's additive from you know, the spec that people may have been familiar with from uh, Tiger Lake. Sure, sure. Each year we're pushing a little bit harder on what's the right way to spec a good camera. Um, we started out with, well, it has to be 1080p. Uh, but then we learned, well, there's some designs that have really narrow bezels and they have these fantastic 720p cameras, so maybe that's not the best way to spec the camera. Uh, we started looking at sensor sizes. We started looking at all kinds of different things. Um, what we've done with the 13th gen spec is we've dialed that in a little bit better on what truly creates a better camera experience. Similar with audio, right? We've gotten clearer about what are the key audio um, specs we want to be able to meet and make sure that all Evo laptops can meet, whether it's microphone input or the speaker output. So you have a great video conferencing experience and you're always feeling confident in that video conferencing experience. You know, in the future, we're actually going even further. We announced really recently joining the, the VCX implementers forum, which is a, a specific way of measuring video camera quality that's used in phones quite a bit today, but it's never been used on the PC before. We worked with VCX to create a standard for PCs. We brought the PC industry together around it. That was recently announced. Um, future versions of the specification will make that one of the key experience indicators. So we're actually measuring the true experience of the camera and not just trying to project it with different specs of the camera. And that's ultimately where we want to keep going with Evo as we go forward, is get to real experience metrics and not just you know, specific component specs or um, you know, things that should predict the way things work. We actually want to have measurements, key experience indicators that tell us this is actually how the laptop is working. So there's a little bit of image post-processing too. You've, you said that there's more to the image than just megapixels. Um, and at the same time, are you looking at quality in terms of, I guess, a little bit of post-processing? And I guess at the same time in, in the realm of post-processing is these features that a lot of people use these days, like um, background blur or noise suppression, which are available on other platforms, maybe even mobile platforms, yeah. but they're handled a little bit differently in, in how Intel Evo right. uh, defines how those are spec'd out. Yeah, I think the big thing is with Evo, we're trying to verify the entire experience. So it's not good enough to just turn on background blur 
have it run on the CPU and then have the fans run really loud. And I think a lot of people can relate to that experience. Um, or with same thing with dynamic noise suppression. It's great when you have it on and you have confidence that you know the the dog barking in the background or the lawnmower outside isn't going to show up you know to your audience when you're talking in a video call. Um, but it's a challenge when in order to do those things, the battery life is draining faster or the fans are kicking up and the noise is pretty disturbing. Um, so with Evo, we say, let's turn those on, but let's also make sure the rest of the system is balanced so that you're not getting the battery draining as fast and you're not getting the, the fans kicking up because of the thermal environment because those things are so process intensive, processor intensive. So we're bringing you know, new accelerators into the platform. We're, trying, we're working with OEMs and working with software vendors to implement those capabilities, taking advantage of lower power accelerators. So taking that, I guess, that good video and audio experience, you want to make sure that, can, that those bits can be transferred across the network effectively. So talking about um, internet, sorry, Intel uh, Connection Performance Suite, ICPS yeah. uh, 2.0, is that just a collection of, um, like, is it bonding different, uh, different internet connections? You could have your 5G backup, your Wi-Fi, and your Ethernet. How are those things melted together? and, uh, I guess, prioritized yeah. to ensure that they're seamlessly working for like a video conference. Yeah, so what the Intel Connectivity Performance Suite, or ICPS, the first version that was part of the 12th gen spec and then continuing into the 13th gen version, um, the core of the capability is really understanding the packets coming into, the, the, the network packets that are coming into the PC at the, at the gateway and being able to say, well, that's my video conference, that's my son's game, that's my, you know, my other, my daughter's TV stream, and really go look at it and say, look, if you're in a video call and you need to be, you know, confident that the stream is going to be wonderful, I'm going to prioritize all those video call packets, right? And then I'm going to prioritize other other streams based on based on user preference, right? Um, so it's that notion of being able to really look at the data coming in and make the priority calls and assure a great stream for the streams that are most important, right? Um, the thing that comes with ICPS 2.0 is now expanding that to improving on those basic algorithms to make sure that we're really delivering those prioritized streams for high confidence connectivity in a video call. Um, but now also bringing in things like this advanced connectivity manager that I mentioned, which is the idea that if you have multiple connections, if you have Intel Wi-Fi 6E plus Intel 5G 5000 plus maybe an Ethernet connection, now right, ICPS 2.0 can take advantage of all those connections Right, and give you the best possible stream in really smart ways. The person using the laptop doesn't have to intervene at all. They just get it. If, they, if they're connected these different ways, it just happens kind of magically and, and just increases that confidence, which is the key thing we know people want from our research, is they want to know they're working, they're creating their best work with confidence, and when they're on video calls, they want to know they're projecting themselves with confidence and, and that they're coming across the way they want to come across. So what you've described with uh, ICPS 2.0, how is that different, or how does it work with, like, say, like a quality of service um, setting on someone's network gateway? Yeah, so it's from a the key thing is ease of use with it. So, um, the at the client level, you have a lot of um, really simple controls you can have about selecting priorities or telling you if there's actually a better gateway in the house to switch to, um, and you can set it to do that automatically. You can do that manually. Um, so it's taking advantage of what are the capabilities of each of the APs that, that are connected or the gateways that are connected, and then giving, giving the, either making the decisions, if you don't want to have to think about it, for what's going to be the best connection, or giving customers that control or uh, PC users that control over how they want to, 
how they want to be connected. Okay. Um, yeah. As far as the up, you know, what's new for the Evo spec? Are there uh, certain things that are, or certain specifications that are maybe optional or depend on hardware or configuration that the partner can decide to incorporate or not? Yeah, so one of the things that we started doing with Evo from the get-go is we had certain aspects that were absolutely required, but then we had a number of aspects of the spec that were, we kind of call them, it's a point system. Um, and the idea is to uh, try to incubate next generation technologies. Maybe they're not ready to scale on every single Evo design, but they're things that we want to work with OEMs on or other partners in the industry on to bring these new technologies to the PC. So one good example of that is 5G. All right, 5G is not an Evo requirement yet, but we're working on how do we best integrate 5G into laptops where the OEMs or their customers need that option? And how do we make sure that it also still meets the battery life, performance, thermal, form factor requirements with, you know, with the 5G, with the challenges that a 5G integration, 5G antennas create? Another good example would be different things we do with sensors. Uh, there's all kinds of cool things you can do if you think about a rich display like an OLED 4K display, well, that's a really power-hungry part of the laptop. It's adding quite a bit of power compared to a uh, 1080p LCD display. But with smart sensors and smart cameras, you can do really creative techniques to understand what the user's doing, what they're looking at, do real-time adaptions on the fly so that you're bringing the overall power of the OLED panel down. Um, so these are the kinds of things we see in the future that'll bring that kind of capability to every Evo laptop, but we need to do it on a few laptops first as kind of an optional part, prove it out, build the capability, get it ready for scale. What you're talking about with, you know, like saving power on a screen, or is, is there the other side of the, if you can detect the user being there, uh, like proximity detection or presence detection, is, yeah. that, is that something that's being built in for power savings, or is that for just a user user-friendly? Yeah, I mean, one of the things with that, when we did the first spec on 11th gen, uh, in 2020, we had one of the optional features was presence detection. And people loved it, because the idea, one of the things people want is they want their laptop to be immediately available when they need it. That was one of the core tenets of the Evo spec, is make sure that instant availability is there, um, so that you're always ready for anything. That's what, that's what people want. Um, and so presence detection takes the next level. You put some cameras and sensors in the laptop that can detect when, oh, the, you, my, the user's coming into the room, I will start the, the wake process ahead of time so that by the time they sit down, I'm already, I'm already awake. Um, conversely, if you're at a coffee shop and you're going to go run and get your refill of coffee and you forget to lock your PC, right, it'll automatically detect, oh, you walked away, I'm going to lock this up for privacy and safety. Um, so that feature people really love. It comes with some added cost to, uh, on how you do it, the fidelity of the understanding of whether the person is there or not. Um, what we've done with the latest Wi-Fi, that's part of the 13th gen spec, is we now have a version of what we call Wi-Fi uh, sensing. And what that allows you to do is just use the Wi-Fi that's built into the platform and actually do human presence detection. Hmm. Right? So it's actually using the Wi-Fi signals, the Wi-Fi antennas. You don't need extra cameras or extra parts. And you can get that really delightful experience of, you know, you walk up and it starts waking before you even sit down. Using Wi-Fi signals, not, yep. not a camera? That's correct. Yep. Huh. So it's one of the cool things that we're able to innovate with on the, you know, the connectivity stack and with our, with our Wi-Fi um, roadmap. Very cool. Uh, is there, 
So there's a lot of focus on like what people can see on the screen. Is there anything about the the audio experience that that's that's new for 13th gen? Yeah, I, I think the not necessarily new for 13th gen. We continue to make sure that the specs of the audio output and the specs of the microphones going in, along with the dynamic noise suppression, that is hardware accelerated. So again, you can filter out all of the background noise, have confidence that you're coming across, no matter what chaos might be happening <laughs> behind you, um, and be able to do that without the fan spinning up and the battery running way down. So um, that's that's an increasing part of all the 13th gen Intel Evo designs is to make sure that experience is great. So a lot of these these features, um, of course, are hallmarks of the you know what it takes to earn an Intel Evo badge on a laptop. Uh, but you know, are are partners able to you know to to make their own customizations or spin on the software on how it's implemented? So for example, um, you know. I know that this technology is kind of baked into, say, like Microsoft Teams, right. but but what if it's for um, like the ICPS you know 2.0 software? Is that is that going to be something that is clearly an Intel application, or is it baked into something deeper, or will they see it branded yeah. as part of the this value-add software? Our approach with the software is if it's an experience that's going to benefit from you know, being really close to components that Intel develops, like the Wi-Fi, like the Bluetooth, like the processor itself, and we want consistency of experience, you know, we're going to take a bigger role in the software that goes with it. And so ICPS and Unison are two examples of that. Um, but you know, where it's something that, hey, the experience can be delivered and it doesn't matter if the UI is consistent across, um, we're gonna. We really want to leave that to the OEMs and to software vendors and their software partners to deliver to deliver many of those experiences. So, for example, when we first started intelligent collaboration, we thought, well, let's have an Intel, you know, console or an Intel control panel to make sure we can deliver all of these great intelligent collaboration experiences. But that was at odds with Teams and Zoom and uh, maybe uh, OEM A wanted to have their own sort of control panel and. And we realized we weren't going to add unique value by doing our own Intel branded control panel. So we said, let's make sure we can enable the, the framework and the layers underneath so that other software can take advantage of it. And that's more often than not going to be the default approach. There'll be a couple places where it goes deep into our connectivity stack in order to make sure the experience is fantastic, where we think it's also important to own the software or to, to deliver the software user interface as well. OK. So a lot yeah. of these new features, I want to go back to uh, the the you know we mentioned the the spec mm -hmm. or sorry the the first generation of Intel Evo um, or at least the Intel Evo that debuted with Tiger Lake um, and that as I learned um, you know goes goes back to the Project Athena Innovation Program which was based off of real human centric research right. and that was kind of the you know the the how how the spec came to be yep. has that human research continued like what what is is that how you come up with these or choose which are the new new features to add to the spec? Absolutely. Every year, um, multiple times a year, we're doing studies, ethnographic studies, social science work, uh, as well as quanti quantitative research to really check out what the most demanding premium laptop users want and need out of their technology. In fact, we also are looking at what, what do they want out of their phones, what do they want, how they want these things to work together. Um, so it, that's a constant thread for us is to keep checking, to keep testing. Um, you know, most recently, when we started, it was pre-pandemic, mm -hmm. and we were looking at a narrow set of independent professionals that were using their laptop like more than anybody else because they were the ones, you know, managing multiple clients, and, you know, they were using Slack and Zoom for one client they're working with, and they're using 
uh, you know, Teams and uh, email for another one. They had to have all these different modes of how they worked. You know, they hundreds of browser tabs open, and just, their work modes were fan fantastic and exciting. And one thing we found was they were using video conferencing more than anybody else at the time. I mean, it was video conferencing used to be a really niche usage on the PC. Um, well, all that research led to as we got through the pandemic, it's now pretty standard that everybody <laughs> needs great video conferencing and these collaboration software that you know, before the pandemic, most people we talked to in, you know, in our own work environment, you know, you created a file, you emailed the file to somebody, then somebody added their edits back and they sent it back to you. But now it's everybody uses, you know, shared file collaboration through whether it's OneDrive or Google Drive or whatever. So th these habits change and we, we, that's what we look at. And how do you use browser tabs? And what are all the background applications you generally have going? And how do you have to switch? And looking at different customers, looking at different people about how they use their laptops actually drives then where can we add value in the next generation of Evo? So it absolutely drives everything we do. And I guess there's also the, there's, it's, I, I kind of skipped a step. I asked, you know, what, what do people ask for and then what goes into the spec? But there's something that, the, um, I guess, the definition or, uh, you know, the KEIs, the key yeah. experience indicators. So, you know, th those KEIs are kind of the ways that, that you measure how, like, you know, is, is something qualified as an Intel Evo yeah. platform? Does it, does it kind of meet that bar? So how is that different from running a benchmark? Because I mean, benchmarking is how people define, is this a performant laptop or a lesser performant laptop or something like that? Yeah. Does, it, does it work well for this game or, or that or, or this work, workflow or workload? Yeah, yeah. How, what's, what's the difference? Why, why are you yeah. calling them benchmarks? Well, I think when we started this, one of the problems we acknowledged was there were a lot of wonderful premium laptops being developed at the time, but the range of experience you had with them you know, same processor, same memory configuration, same storage configuration. Um, but you could have a very different performance to battery life kind of experience, depending on where the settings were set and how they were ultimately tuned. Um, so they might have done very well on benchmarks, but when you actually put them in real life use, we saw very different ranges of how they responded to different, to different workloads. Um, and so we wanted to tackle that inconsistency. And what we found was, you know, benchmarks are great. They're really important. They have a specific purpose. It's so that you have a kind of standard way of comparing new gen to old gen, uh, vendor A's CPU to vendor B's CPU, right? And it's a really kind of sterile environment. It makes sure that you're removing all unnecessary variables so you can get a clearer picture of what's the capability of the processor or the architecture. But it, they don't represent real life use because one of the couple things you do when you run a benchmark to remove variability. You turn Wi-Fi off. You turn the screen brightness all the way down on many of the battery life benchmarks, right? Because you don't want, you want to get rid of the variability of different screen You keep it all the same. Yeah. yeah. You just, you, you make it so unrealistic because you're trying to drive consistency, not trying to drive realism. Trying to isolate that yeah. one thing. Really isolate the one thing. Exactly. It's kind of like, you know, running cars on test tracks, right? Mm -hmm. Versus... Are you really testing that on the roads and all different terrains and how do they feel when they're loaded with your family and, and gear versus you're driving it alone? And so we wanted to take that ladder thing on. We want to say, how do, how do we do the more expanded testing? And by the way, really, really hard. Like when we first looked at it, we said, people don't do it this way because it's really hard. It's you're bringing the chaos into your testing on purpose. And the fact it basically makes it not repeatable. Um, so you have to then bring statistical analysis into the mix as well. You have to deal with different Wi-Fi latencies in different labs and different geographies, and you have to 
you'll understand all those things so you can do real testing. But the idea of a KAI is, you know, we look at, from our research, the background apps people typically have open. You know, when you have 10 browser tabs open, even if they're minimized, they're doing all kinds of different things <laughs> to the CPU in the background. And it's not the same from one time window to another time window because it just depends on what's updating. Totally non-deterministic. We turn the Wi-Fi on. We turn the screen brightness to two-thirds of the way up, which is a little more typical of what people do when they're on battery. Um, and we wanted to say, instead of just measuring a architectural benchmark that's trying to see how fast your processor core goes, we said, what are tasks people typically do? Well, they typically open an application, or they uh, print a file to PDF, or they switch from their calendar to their inbox. And so we looked at all of these micro tasks people do throughout the day while you had all this background stuff going on, while you're connected to Wi-Fi. And we created, uh, and we started out with hundreds of tasks. We narrowed it down to 25 representative tasks, some of them local, some of them cloud connected. So you're bringing the latency of the network into it as well. And we're actually measuring how quickly the task responds while you have all the real world chaos happening on the system. And in those exact same conditions, you're now measuring the battery life, right? Um, with the background applications and you know under under um, typical workload, day in the life workload to measure battery life. And so, it's you're doing both tests under the same conditions as opposed to, you know maybe to be able to claim a local video playback number this high, I might turn the performance slider way down. But when I want to test the performance, I'll switch mm -hmm. it. Right. <laughs> so KEIs were designed to get rid of that kind of um, approach to benchmarking, which again has a purpose and is great, but to really try to get ourselves, get our OEM partners, and get the rest of the industry designing for real use and not just for benchmarks. So you, you mentioned you know benchmarks, you kind of isolate one thing, and it's very repeatable. Um, and you're saying you're bringing the, the chaos in. But if someone's comparing you know Intel Evo from OEM A to OEM B, is there any chaos in the testing and verification? Or at that stage, are you saying these two laptops from different vendors they actually both meet Intel Evo yeah. tested to the same standards. Is there any chaos in the testing, or is that? No, it, it's it, think of it as a pass fail, right? So it's not like you, you know we get hey OEM A has a score of X and OEM B has a score of Y, therefore OEM B is better. It's it's really a pass fail. We're trying to hit a certain response in this time, a certain battery life minimum. Many of them will go beyond them, right? Many of them will be faster. Many of them will have even greater battery life. But the point of Evo is to kind of hit that combine, we call it the and, right? That you have the, both the responsiveness and the instant wake and the um, battery life kind of min bars that represent a really good experience with the laptop under what people will typically do with it and how they'll typically work. And by the way, each year that gets harder. So this mm -hmm. is where the research comes in, right? The research tells us, oh, wow, the background task load is very different now than it was two years ago because these browser pages and these apps are now used a whole lot more, so let's switch switch things out. Like when we first started, we didn't have Teams or Zoom in the mix, right? Mm -hmm. Now the you know, second, third generation, we you know, put, obviously put those in because they were, they're always open, right? Yeah, on many of our laptops. all the time, yeah. It's, <laughs> right. it's, it's running in the background no matter what. Right, so it's always kind of keeping up and making sure that, you know, trying to make sure that we're delivering a great experience for what people do most. You know, that we're constantly updating what those key experience indicators are defined to do. And then my point about the statistical thing is because from run to run, you will get different results. And so we'll run it, we, you know, we start out doing 30 runs, and these, these runs take hours. So you're talking about labs and technicians that are constantly running these systems over and over again. Um, 
But what's been really cool is as we've built up this expertise over two, three years now, is we now have predictive models too. So we're getting smarter. So we can see patterns and we can see you know, when a system behaves a certain way that it's most likely to behave that way two, three, four, or 10 runs from now. Um, we can also see if a system behaves this way with this kind of a display panel, if there's a second source display panel that meets these specs, it should behave the same way because we have all of this incredible data now that allows us to help the OEMs make their design choices, their supply chain choices, but still stay true to the original experience. And you say that, you know, that kind of a pass-fail, but really it sounds like, you know, you're raising this min bar, uh, minimum bar level. So you're raising the bar. Does that mean that, I guess, in, in, the, in the beginning, I would say, you know, in 2020 with those laptops or even, like, prior to that in, uh, with 10th gen, you know, the, the, you, know you, you took laptops from a vendor and you kind of, you know, from an OEM and you, and you ran them through this, through this uh, barrage of tests. Now with a few years after that, um, now that, you know, OEMs are able to, say, target and say, I, I want to yeah. hit that, exceed that min bar yeah. level. Have you noticed that um, one is there are more Evo machines that are able to clear, there are more laptops that are able yeah. to earn that Evo badge? And the other side of things is, has actually had a, um, a positive effect on laptop quality. Have you found that, you know, it's saying that this min bar, this is a, a rising tide that is, yeah. uh, you know, lifted all boats? I'd say two things. I think we have gone from a test to pass test into in the past to a design and mentality now with mm -hmm. the OEMs. So when we publish the specifications for the next gen and the next gen after that, we're sitting down with the engineering teams at you know, the OEMs as well as some of their suppliers, and we're planning out how we're going to hit these higher specs. And every, when we do the spec to begin with, we always try to even start with an even higher bar. Sometimes we have to bring it down because we all stretch ourselves a little too far, but the idea is to is to each year see if we can push ourselves further as an industry to deliver better experiences. Um, so we definitely have gone from a, you know, it's a back-end testing effort to it's a front-end design effort um, because of the understanding now of what we're doing with Evo and the roadmap we're sharing with the OEMs. Um, the benefit that that's had, and we do annually, we've been doing these ecosystem symposiums where we bring 150-plus companies, hardware companies, software companies, that develop things like SSDs and panels and timing controllers for the displays and all these people in the ecosystem that go into making great laptops. They come once, sometimes twice a year, we've done them virtually. Um, we share with them what the next gen specs are, we share with them the rationale behind the research, why it's so important. And so we're actually getting them to plan earlier in their design about how to hit these future specs. And that's great for Evo, but it's also great for the rest of the laptop industry. So if you think about designs that you know, are maybe broader range of price points, maybe they're not targeting the Evo price range, they're trying to be a little more economical, but now they have more component choices available to them that are lower power or richer uh, fidelity, you know, depending on the, the type of component we're talking about, that they can take advantage of in, in some of the lower cost systems too. So when, when Evo debuted with, with Tiger Lake in 2020, it was all about thin and light laptops. Um, but of course, you know, there's, you know, as with PCs, there's something for everyone, and some people who want a premium laptop experience may want, you know, larger form factors, bigger screens, or maybe even more performance. So, um, how, how has that spec evolved for what is Intel Evo from then, since then? Yeah, so I, you're absolutely right. When we started, we were really focused on the thinnest, lightest, and mostly 13, 14 inch screen sizes. And as we did more of the customer research, we found that 
hey, that Evo experience is great, but I need a 15 or 16 inch screen size. I need more performance. I need discrete graphics because I'm doing more advanced creation or maybe I'm actually in the gaming on the side. And so what we, what we tried to do with the 12th gen core spec is we started building more 15 and 16 inch um, Evo-based laptops that used Intel Arc graphics, Intel Arc discrete graphics. And what we wanted to prove was that you could still deliver the Evo experience while having that richer configuration. It was just also with our H-series processor, so bringing the thermal spec of the whole system up for that higher performance experience. Um, and the response was great. Uh, the, those systems did quite well on the market. People who wanted those screen sizes were delighted to have both the combination of the screen size and performance they wanted with the Evo experience. And so with the 13th gen Intel Core processor-based Evo systems, we're actually expanding that. So we're working with OEMs to expand their range of 15 and 16 inch laptops with the H-series processors and Intel Arc graphics, but also expanding them to allow other discrete graphics configurations into their Evo lineups to meet the customer demand for that combined experience. I can only assume that you know when this original spec came out a few years ago, it was or developed then at that at that uh, at that point in time, people were looking for laptops that they could really take with them. And travel, and you know, when when that option kind of went away um, at the start of the pandemic, then I think people just really wanted the, that more, you know, bigger at home or, or kind of sitting in one place experience. Um, actually, to, to that effect, yeah. is there any difference in how you define an Intel Evo laptop? Are there any, not say concessions, but is there a different standard for you know larger laptops versus the smaller ones at all? Or yeah, is it the same. I mean a little bit. I, I, some of it has to do with being less mobile, but even in the home we see people, they, you know, they're micro-mobile, right? They're moving from their office to the patio to, you know, when there's too much noise near their office, maybe they have to go to the bedroom to take a meeting. And so there is that still need for mobility, even in the home or, you know, within the office. Um, the key thing we saw was just different customer needs, right? We assumed thin and light premium customers, they wanted the smallest, thinnest, lightest thing they could absolutely get. And, and but people who actually wanted Evo, there were many people we found that wanted that Evo experience, that combination of performance and battery life and instant wake and sleek style and all of the other great capabilities. But they also wanted the performance and the discrete graphics options and that. So you know, making sure we could deliver that experience with those configurations was the key thing we did in the 12th gen. So with the 13th gen, Intel Core systems were able to expand those offerings. Um, I would say, though, is you know, people you know, went from being world mobile to micro mobile. Yeah, they're, they're, we do see that they're docked more often, right? And we, wanted, you know, we added to our testing and to some of our co-engineering to make sure that, you know, for example, if you have a Thunderbolt dock plugged in with multiple peripherals, then now we're also checking on that fan noise and we're checking on um, the, the overall thermal of the system now that you've got uh, multiple monitors hooked up to it or the peripherals hooked up to it. So that did also change and evolve our testing as well, the, the behaviors during the pandemic for sure. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because I know that there's now a, a lineup of peripherals called you know, Engineered for Evo. So can you tell me, you know, wh why is why was that necessary to have, to working with the peripheral makers to have these docked yeah. monitors, um, other peripherals, are there, are, there, are there new ones coming out that are for this Engineer for Evo? Like, what value does that bring, and yeah. why should people look for those devices? Yeah, great. So you're talking about the Engineer for Evo program yeah. for Thunderbolt docks and monitors, and then we also have Bluetooth headsets as part of that. We're going to be adding wireless access points to it in the future. But the idea is those, you know, Thunderbolt has specifications and Bluetooth has specifications, and you can certify devices to meet those specifications, but they don't necessarily meet the Evo experience when they're plugged into an Evo laptop. So as we acknowledge that people are plugging their Evo laptops into a Thunderbolt monitor, for example, we have to think about now, how do you extend that Evo experience on the laptop to now the complete setup? 
And so we want to make sure that the wake time when the monitor is plugged in is as fast as when you're just flipping the lid open. Uh, we want to make sure things like the connectivity speed and the simplicity of connection is, is, uh, is just uh, immediate and instantaneous. Uh, so there's added platform testing we do between Evo Laptop and these Thunderbolt peripherals to make sure that when they're connected, they deliver that best experience. They really extend the Evo experience from the laptop to the peripheral. And then with Bluetooth headsets, we do things like, you know, beyond the Bluetooth spec, it's making sure that uh, the simple pairing capabilities of the OS are enabled um, so you have persistent, easy pairing. We're making sure that the power uh, draw is really low so that as you're connecting your Bluetooth headset for your video call, you're still getting the battery life that you expect from your Evo laptop. So that's really the idea behind the Engineered for Evo program. It's going beyond the base peripheral specs and making sure that when you combine it with an Evo laptop, you're still getting the combined kind of Evo experience in the connected scenario. So it's ensuring that you know great premium laptop experience, but within that ecosystem. So right. you know you don't have that you know just kind of bring that that all together without a tight control of hardware and software in one ecosystem. You're able to take you know step outside of that walled garden That's and right. be able to get That's that, right. that assured experience. That's right. And it's another great example of the ecosystem stepping up. The peripheral vendors that are participating are just super excited to be able to have a clear spec and have Intel support to do the testing and make sure that they can make their products better. Uh, and then through that, we can market the engineered for Evo so people can find them and, and select the best possible peripherals for them. Okay. Um, I want to, now I, I want to you to show me something kind of cool. I actually haven't seen a, a, a demo firsthand of Unison, and ah. for someone like me, I've got, like I said, I've got Microsoft Teams running in the background, people IM me there, but I also get text messages, I get WhatsApp messages, and um, you know, it's so easy for me to get a message and I get distracted on my phone because I get another notification and I'm looking at something else. So I know one of the big features of, of Intel Unison is that it kind of brings it all and I could just kind of just kind of stay on, yeah. on, on my one little setup without you know, getting distracted by something cool that I see, like a, like a cat photo or something like that, a cat picture. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, you, you got I, you, I happen to have <laughs> an Intel Evo laptop here uh, with Unison loaded, and I have my, uh, my trusty phone, which would normally be in my pocket while I'm working. Um, but what you see here is, this is the Unison user interface, and first thing I'm showing you is, this is the gallery. Um, so the pictures you see here are actually the pictures that are in my phone galleries. Um, you know, as I take new pictures on my phone and, I, and the phone syncs to the PC, you'll see them actually just automatically show up in the gallery. Uh, then you can drag and drop them and do all kinds of great, great things. Um, the other thing I'm showing here is the notification pane. So one of the things that this does is it brings all your phone notifications right into the PC. And what's cool about that is if you use a messaging app, if you use Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, you can actually get those here through the notifications panel. So if you're not using your straight SMS texting but doing this, it's a great way to keep in touch there without having to pull your phone out of your pocket. Um, but you know, one of the other things that you know, people want the most, we know they want the most, is that while they're working and people are texting them, they want to be able to stay in their flow and maybe get back to people as quickly as possible. So, so you know, you've got my phone number. Why don't, why don't you send me a quick text and uh, we'll show you how that works. Sure. And this is connected and it works through uh, like iOS or... Um, Oh yeah, it's so this independent of like iOS, Android. Yeah, so this is my iPhone connected to the you know, to this Evo PC. It works with any Android phone with with iOS. This was really unique. What we're doing with Unison is open any phone, any device OS. Um, you can get these experiences. Okay, so sending a message now. 
All right, see that now? So it came yeah. right up. Uh, I also just got it on my phone, but it actually came to the PC first, interestingly enough. And you can reply. Uh, there was a little quick reply. There was a quick reply there. Yeah, I was too slow for it. But if I go to now the messages tab, right, you can see that I got your message here. And let me just do a quick reply. All right. My phone silenced, but it'll. Uh... I see. Uh, all right, oh, got there you go. <laughs> I asked you what's for lunch, and you said you're having a salad. I'm having a salad. That's right. That's okay. right. I, I, I need I need the health focus. So, um, but yeah. So that's you know, texting notifications. It also can do phone calls, which is a really cool feature. If without you, taking off your headset, like without if you taking have off your headset, headset, you could be. Um, I actually found it really cool. I was in. Uh, my hotel room once kind of catching up on email in between meetings and I had my phone was across the room and my wife called and I didn't have to get up and get the phone I could answer right on the PC with the PC uh, mic and speaker so oh yeah no no yeah. headset you could even yeah. just just talk like like, yeah. a, like a speaker Absol phone and absolutely um, and then you know you can also do file transfer so if you you have some files on your PC that you want to get over to your phone like let's say you got a presentation that you want to uh, get over to uh, to your phone so you can review it in the in the Uber Right. Oh, you just drag and drop that so right I just, from. I just drag right and drop from, that. Uh, right. Explorer. And and it it showed up right here. In fact, I could do it right here from the browse files, and I'll pull this in here and oh, let's do that. And then open, it, and then there it just showed up, just like uh, almost instantaneously. All right. Okay. Yeah. And is that is that happening? Uh, like, is it going to the cloud to the phone, or is it peer to peer? Yeah. This, so one of the really unique approaches that we have in the Unison architecture is that it's using multiple connections, right? And it's going to use the best connection. And this is the point about because Intel is delivering so much of the components and the drivers and the firmware of the connectivity stack, whether it's Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, 5G, um, or, or cloud, right? It can, it'll use the best connection. So um, sometimes it'll go peer-to-peer -peer for fast file transfer, for the fastest performance. Other times, like let's say you walk into a coffee shop and your PC might be on the, the coffee shop Wi-Fi, but your phone is still on 5G, it'll still work because now it'll just use the cloud. Right, so they don't have to. They don't have to be directly connected on the same Wi-Fi IP. So, so if you're sending yourself a, a bigger presentation, it's really just the limit of how much bandwidth you have at that moment. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah, I mean the connections will vary based on exactly which connection type you're using. It'll always try to configure the fastest connection, especially when you're sending a big presentation. So this isn't. I mean, like there are, there have been other attempts at making this work. So um, I know that you know there's the the, the link to phone that works with Android phones. Yep. and Windows, um, but this we just demonstrated with iOS devices. How is this different from, you know, other software that tries to do kind of the same thing? And some yeah. of them are limited to just messages. I know there's like a there's a web portal for some of the messages that yeah. are just for kind of like one you know this one web portal to this one messaging platform. Um, but this has file integration. But how is how is this differentiated? Yeah, the, the idea is to make it as seamless as possible in one place independent of the phone you use. So the big thing that makes it different is it works with any Android phone or any iPhone, right? which many of the solutions out there today will work with some Android phones. Many can work with a lot of Android phones, but there really aren't any that work on a Windows PC with an iPhone as seamlessly as this. Right? And so that's a big part of it. The second thing is their architecture, taking advantage of the, the connectivity stack layers that Intel develops into Evo PCs whether it's Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, um, our cloud connections. These are things that we're able to optimize and continue to make better. And also debug. We have a massive validation infrastructure we put behind this 
to look at Android and iOS devices, you know, go back a few OS versions and make sure we keep up with the latest OS versions and that we can make quick fixes, you know, bring quick updates to the software. You know, if a, if a new OS update on the phone mm-hmm. needs the app to update on the PC, we're able to do that. And, and we're, we find out about it quickly because we are doing this, uh, you know, intense validation effort to do that. So we believe we're Intel's unique in that approach and how we're doing Unison and making sure that the experience is high quality, that we're being as open as possible in terms of the devices you have to choose. So if you're a Windows PC user, you don't have to choose a specific Android phone or a specific Android phone brand. You can use whatever phone you want. All right? And that platform, this architecture we're building, it's going to be extensible to other devices in the future. So that could mean you know future any tablet with any device OS, any watch, any device OS. Right? We're gonna we have really big plans to take advantage of this platform. Um, to, to bring these multi-device experiences that we know customers want from all the research we do. So what, what's behind the choice of starting with Intel Evo to launch Unison? Why is it for Intel Evo devices first? Yeah, great question. Uh, it was a practical decision. We wanted to make sure the experience was high quality um, as we brought the first version out. And so to do that, we wanted to make sure we had an understanding of what the Wi-Fi stack was going to be, what all the driver versions were going to be, what the you know, the rest of the configuration of the platforms would be so that we could get the software out there and start improving it quickly. Um, to do that, Evo was a perfect platform for it because of the specs. We pretty much know, you know, even if, even if we're on 50 to 100 Evo designs, we pretty much know, you know, there's, there's a smaller range of variability of those different components. So we'll learn fast, but our intention is that this can go anywhere, any PC. What about uh, privacy and security? Because clearly, you know, a message from my phone went to the network in the cloud, and you know, went to both the phone, and the phone somehow got here. H- how are how are these messages and files, especially if you're sending like a like a document? How are these things being kept private yeah. and secure? So all of the software we're doing goes through Intel strict security uh, compliance testing to make sure that we are in fact keeping things private, keeping things encrypted where they need to be encrypted. So um, we're taking care of that through all of Intel strict security standards that we have on our software. Okay, um, very cool. Uh, is this is this just um, like one version of Unison, or is this going to be a continuously evolving feature set? Because you've shown me, you know, yeah. text messaging and calling that you could use this kind of as a as a as a, another speakerphone. Yep. Um, and file sharing, both ways, both yep. ways on both. Um, are there any other features that you can talk about that are, that are you know in the works? Not not yet. We've got we have a roadmap, all right, and we have we've talked about in demos, the idea of connecting to tablets and connect, you know, iPads, Android tablets, to connecting to watches, like all those things are in the works. The specific timing of when we'll bring them out, uh, we'll share more with in a future time. Um, but it's a platform. That's what's exciting about this, is we're building a platform that's extensible. Uh, and the intention is, is to bring more and more capabilities, but to focus first on quality. Want to get the phone, the PC experience with any phone done really, really well. And then when we start to go to the next devices, we want to make sure that that's done really well. It's validated that we're taking consideration all the device OS versions that you have to deal with, and so that's that's the goal is to make sure it's a wonderful experience. And you know, where once we get the software out, where we may find there's an issue, we can fix it quickly. We can you know update over the air, uh, and then people can can keep using it. That's going to be the important thing we think that because um, there have been attempts to do this in the past, and then people drop them because. Maybe they don't work all the time, or you have to reconnect. And you know, we want to we want to get through those issues quickly so that we can get to you know the the experience that people want to use on their PCs to connect to their devices. 
Okay. Um, obviously, you know, you mentioned a few times you really want this high quality experience. So Intel Evo is very focused on like premium laptop experiences. Um, you know, Unison being one of those one of those key key features. So I mean, the 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 PC. What well, a great thing about PC market is there's something out there for everyone, and at different price points. So we focus a lot on like really the premium end. What is what's what's new and what's upcoming for you know, the, the, the other part of the segment, more the entry level or the value oriented things. Yeah, I'll just do a quick uh, uh, update on that. We actually, one of the other cool things that we're coming out with at the beginning of, of the year is the new Alder Lake N platform. And it is really designed for entry level PCs, think 250 to $400. Um, but what's really important about this new N series product line is uh, it was designed with in mind for that, even people who are shopping uh, for a more affordable PC range, they still need some key experiences. They need video conferencing. They need great connectivity. Um, and so it's not just about designing for the lowest cost. It was about architecting a new processor that specifically delivers those experiences, even in the lower end of the PC price ranges, so that we can deliver these experiences to everybody. Uh, and so that's what we'll find in the new Intel processor N-series class um, products. And it, it's, again, starting with experience, uh, not, you know, also given some decent performance. So it's not just about delivering the lowest, lowest cost. It's about actually making sure there's a, there's a great experience on these new Intel processors. And you're saying this is uh, the, the Intel like, processor. This is, the, this is the first time it's being used because I know that in this segment, um, the segment we had using the brands Pentium and Celeron, longtime Intel brands, um, what, what are happening, what's happening to those? Yeah, no, great question. So yes, we, we, these are going to be branded Intel processor N100 and N200. Uh, and the important thing there was uh, we wanted to make it simpler for people to choose. And the brand that people can identify the most with is the Intel brand. Um, so when we were using Intel Celeron and Intel Pentium, um, that maybe were, was complicating the buyer journey a little bit in terms of where do these things stand, which one's better. We want to make it really simple and just say, look, it, it's in this price range. You're going to get a great experience. It's connected to the Intel brand, and that's what our focus was. So that's why we decided to, to make that brand change with this generation. And you're saying price range. Like, what is, is there, a, is there a, a number that you can attach to kind of yeah, where the value comes in? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, you're probably talking about 250 to $400 notebook range. But, you know, there'll be, there'll be uh, outliers, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and if, I mean, it really shows that there's something for everyone. This is not only just... Windows, but it's also available on, on Chrome. Correct. As well. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, that's thanks for the really big download on Intel Evo, the demo on uh, Unison, of course, the uh, Alta Lake N, the new Intel processor brand. Yeah. Um, any 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 final final thoughts for? Uh, no. This? I mean, yeah. You know, I guess I just say it's it's always great to come out and talk about a new version of Intel Evo and our next generation products. Um, this is you know, another installment of an annual cadence that we're on to keep making the best laptops better and better each year and to do it with the open PC industry, right? Like this is the power of all of the companies that are participating in the open PC ecosystem, all that innovation. If we can harness that and we can keep the focus on you know, a clear set of experiences that we all need to deliver, then all these companies together can certainly do better than what a single company can do on their own. And so that's the real key thing about Evo, is really trying to galvanize the power of the open PC industry. So love to get to talk about it, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Josh. All right. Look forward to doing this next time. Cool. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you.